right. Hey, well, we're, we're here. here. Yeah. Man, it, it feels so good to be here, one. But two, it's, it's kind of tough to go into a break the way mm-hmm. that we have. Like, yes, it's good going in with momentum, but at the end of the day, I'd rather ride that hot hand. Yeah, and I think uh, we have something very exciting today as we prefaced in the last episode um, that we were gonna try to get some guests on. And we actually have our first returning guest ever to the show. So we've got Michael Allen here today. Um, talk a little bit about the team while we're in this international break. So, you know, everybody doesn't go quiet while we just wait for the soccer to come back, so. Welcome. Yeah, yeah welcome. It's great to be Thank back. You. It's great to be back. I mean, I yeah. didn't know it was the first returning guest. That's like a dubious honor. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we've only ever, well, we've had like two guests, maybe you and uh, Tactics, NYCFC and, Tactics. And Roar. Oh, yeah, and the Roar. Yeah, yeah we Roar. talked to an Orlando podcast before. So, yeah, the first returning one. So that's that's a great honor, I guess. Post-90 alum. <laughs> Post-90 <laughs> alum. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of, you know, what we wanted to talk about today, I think uh, we realized that we're at the point of the season where we're about 20% of the way through the season right now. Um and we just wanted to maybe get your thoughts on what you think the state of the team is, you know, going into this international break. Um, I, I think we're in a good spot. I really do. I think that last mm-hmm. one against LAFC really like it bolstered my confidence in a big way. Um, I, it was just so refreshing to see. I mean, all all year the big complaint has been we don't have a bench, right? We don't have anybody to chase that goal. Mm-hmm. And it was so refreshing to see Ronnie Dyla be able to go to the bench and bring in four guys who come in and every single one of them impacted that game. And changed it around for yeah. us. So, I mean, I I, I think it's going to be great. I think this international break is great because it's going to give a chance for the Brazilians and all the new players to sort of integrate themselves and all of the guys that were hurt to get really well and healthy. And it, I think we're going to come out of this this break really, really, really on all pistons firing. You know, I, I don't think the league's kind of ready for how good we're going to be. I I feel like, and maybe that's you know positive bias, but I don't know. I feel good about it. That's how it felt coming out of that LA game. Like to watch that game gave me the feeling of when this team was brand new. It was like just feeling like a, an NYCFC kid again, of mm-hmm. getting that late winner and kind of hoping that it wasn't going to get reviewed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I think we're kind of happy we didn't have a good angle of that. I'd say. Um, but yeah, just I, I. The other side of that, though, like I was saying at the beginning, was you kind of would like to see that momentum be used towards fixtures um, coming up, you know. Um, but like you did say, yeah, we, we do want to get those new guys in and, and integrated into the team. Yeah, I think one of the things that we talked about last episode was, um, you know, sometimes breaks can hurt you as much as they help you. Um, so losing the momentum, because, you know, it is where we're going into this next matchup with our last one being that late winner against LAFC. But after, you know, two, two and a half weeks, how much does that really matter, right? Um, so I think, like you said, Michael, the the best thing that we can get out of this break is getting these guys that are all brand new into the system, like a lot of valuable training minutes. Because, I mean, if you look at Talis and how he played, um, he already, you know, seemed to be clicking to some degree uh, before he had to get taken out with the team. So any more time with us, is it's only going to help us. Yeah, he was really exciting to watch, and it was like 23 minutes that he got on the pitch, and he was substituted off for tactical reasons, I know, but like, he was really exciting to watch just the way he was already starting to link up with Tati up there at top, and if those mm-hmm. two guys can be creative and like start, you know, knowing how each other runs and, and, and you know, playing off each other like that with their both of their creativity and both of their skill, it's going to be a dangerous duo up there. And we haven't even seen Thiago yet, so we don't even know what, what, he's, what he's capable of. Um, so, so there's a lot of positives with it. I, I think 
I would be more worried about the international break if if we were coming back and facing like a, a team like DC that maybe we didn't take seriously like we did the, the start of the season. Uh, this is, we're coming back and facing New England, so I think everybody on the team hopefully knows the task ahead of them and knows that they're going to come in and have to like really hit the ground running. It's not like we're coming back in and facing any sort of slump. They're this is the top, team that's top in the East and they're playing great, so they're going to have to come in and, and play. But it's good to have that little burst of confidence, and you could only feel sad about what could have been if we'd won that game against Columbus and we'd gotten that credit for that in goal Toronto. in Toronto. I mean, I you, you take those two games, That's we have a great record. A great record. Like, mm -hmm. best in MLS. I think we have, like, like, 20 points or something if we get those extra three. It's like, or at least around there, maybe even tied with New England. But, yeah, those two games, I think it. we talked about it last episode, too, And but it was, like, the blue balls that tweeted, like, the, that these were karma points for the points that were lost at Toronto and Columbus. I thought that was, like, the perfect way to put it because, like, something was due to go right for us eventually with with the string of games that we were having so yeah absolutely i mean gosh yeah you look at the bad karma that we've had how many you know super shots uh, like that heinz eike shot from in dc like he hasn't hit another ball like that all year all yeah. season since then that nani mm -hmm. shot that, that scored against us in orlando like those are shots you just don't stop and that's like that's yeah. it's just bad bad luck and bad karma you can't fight those yeah, I was going to say, and then from time to time, we have, aside from the bad karma of players hitting the best goal they've ever scored against us, is we have bad luck with refs, it seems, too. Like, we're always on the poor end of, of, a, of a referee making, like, a super bad call and then admitting it, admitting it immediately after the game, like, oh, yeah, that was probably wrong. Yeah, and it's like, so could we get those points back, or <laughs> what are we going to do about this? Yeah, I've been pretty pretty honest about how I felt about that Toronto game. That was probably the worst, uh, yeah. the worst refereeing I've ever seen, and like across the board. And it wasn't just that one Medina call. That was that was just a really. No. It's it is sad. I don't know how we get these these sort of games, but it was really nice to be the heartbreaker instead of the heartbroken. That was that's that yeah, really yeah. nice to come out of that game. So kind of going off of what you just said with. Um... You know, some people hitting maybe the best goals that they've had, some of the best shots that they've had. Um, it It's kind of unfortunate that we've made Sean Johnson our captain and all of these things have happened to him. Like how, as a keeper, I wonder where his confidence is um, and as a captain and a leader to have all of those things happen and have it cost points. And, you know, I wonder where his brain is. And, and as far as you see him as our captain um, in this moment, because I remember last time we talked, you kind of spoke about how uh, not having fans in the in the stadium really shows you how vocal he is. Um, and so I'm kind of interested in your point of view now um, with him being a captain, like with the R band, um, as opposed to maybe your views last year. Yeah, he's, you know, it's. I think it's always interesting when a, when a keeper is a captain because just because of their position on the field, that they're all in the back and they can't really be a part of the play on the other side of the field. So I, I think that's, it's always a, a, a hard thing, but we've seen it before. Tim Howard did it pretty, really effectively. Um, Sean Johnson, in just talking with him this year, I've had a couple chances to interview him after games and stuff. I, he's he's perfect for mentality of the team. He's a guy who's, who works hard, um, really is inspirational with what he's saying. That doesn't say a bad word about the team at all. Um, ever and, and that's that's a really great thing and he's very vocal and and he is a natural leader um i just always like having a field player as a captain better i, I don't know who you would choose maybe, i'd agree yeah you know but um but sean's i think he's going to be a good captain for the team uh it's just i wish he could get on the pitch you know and talk to the refs more and we certainly need him needed him on the field during that toronto game for sure
yeah, yeah that, that was, was probably, probably one of the places uh that ring really shined as a captain for us because having him directly in that midfield not only does his positioning uh help with a lot of situations with talking with refs but one of the first things that we talked about when sean was appointed was um sean doesn't necessarily he's not in the right place to be able to calm down some of the, like the hot heads on our team like, like a, yeah, yeah specifically Tati because uh, last year you know you would see Ring giving it to our own players as much as he did to the other team sometimes like telling them to relax and kind of roping everybody back in so that he could yell on behalf of the team but when you don't have somebody like Sean you know with within arm's reach of you uh, things could potentially maybe get a little more chippy so uh, yeah, either way, I mean, Tati, I think what he's the most, he draws the most, the most fouls, or not draws, but he uh, gives up the most fouls, like in the league usually, or close to it every year, so, yeah, we'll have to see without, like, ring, uh, maybe keeping an eye on him and keeping him in check what the numbers end up this year, but it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. It was, it was something that, um, that Ronnie Dallas said in a, uh, like, preseason, right before Sean was named as captain, or right after Sean was named as captain, where he talked about other leaders on the team, that he had really three, a, a, a level, a three-tiered captain system, that Sean was captain in name, and then also Anton and Maxime Cheneau were out there, and Maxie was a big part of it too. So I think yeah. I think within the team, you know, there's sort of these designated guys that can that can be that guy on the pitch, and they have to be that guy on the pitch if Sean's going to be the captain of the team. Um, Sean can talk to him in the breaks for sure, but yeah, you, you got to have somebody to, to keep the tempers down and to keep you know, people in control. And they have, you know, pretty much this year, I've been really impressed with what they've been able to do. I haven't seen any big outbreaks so far this year. Um, and, I, you know, with Tati, he's, he gets fiery, um, but that's what you kind of love about him, like, as well. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's that player. I wouldn't have him any other way. So, <laughs> um, good for him. I, you know, it's just, it's, he's going to get some, some calls against him because he's, he is that guy, but he's, a terror for defenses because he is that guy too. No, I think um, if there is a guy that when he's on the field, I would trust the most um, to be kind of up the field controlling things, it's probably Maxi. But how much are we going to see him on the field consistently is always the question. And so you kind of need to find that other guy and maybe maybe one of the new guys uh, comes up and, and like Alfredo, maybe, you know, he develops into that guy. Um, he definitely plays and like demands a lot when he's out on the field. Um, and you can just see the way he, he plays. He, he's, he's kind of got that ring fiery side to him when he plays. And so, you know, I can see him at some point, maybe, you know, if he, if he does decide to stay for a long time, uh, end up being that guy. Yeah, and I, I can see James Sands actually evolving into that guy too. I mean, he's he's already a workhorse on the pitch. He's gets better every year. I can see in a couple of years him taking over the captain's armband. Well, he's he's really becoming quite a player. I was almost afraid to even bring it up because we we originally before we sent you our notes we had a little something about the men's national team on there, but we figured that we would just get derailed. far too yeah far far too derailed and carried away, especially in the midst of everything that they're going through right now, and then you know leaving out somebody like James Sands when it's actually a position that they're lacking. Um, yeah, absolutely. You have to love like the sound clips of Ronnie coming out and being like, I have no understanding as to why james sands wouldn't get called up like and i'm sure for for sands to hear to hear that i mean he probably wants to play for ronnie more than he did before he heard that so yeah. it's, it's well, hopefully we can keep him yeah that's that's my concern <sighs> so we won't be able 
to to look at our team in two years and say James Sands. Is yeah. Still. At what point does a Bundesliga team or team come knocking on the right, door? Exactly. <laughs> They're bound to come eventually. Yeah. He's he's made it clear that he wants to go to Europe, and we did sign him for that long contract. But he's he's um, I'll be surprised if he stays for the entirety of that contract. He's yeah. he's going to be well, too I good, think... and he should, he frankly should go play somewhere else too. We should get that experience mm-hmm. if we can, especially as men's national team fans too it, it would be in our best interest as fans of that team for him to go and play somewhere else and elevate you know to another level um but i definitely think like a lot of the the business side of things that the club has been doing like signing tati to that extended contract sans to this extended contract we're, we're you know ensuring that they're not going to leave for free at any point and these are some of you know the prospects we have on our team that if we were to let them go for free it would It'd be one of the worst business moves that we could make, right? So, I don't know. I just feel like things things with this team really have been clicking, like, on all cylinders, like, business side, all that stuff. I think I have a a bit... It's in the notes, uh, but I think it's more of a controversial question because there's so many of them. Oh, oh, Who is your favorite left back at the moment? And um, who do you think offers... In that that question, I guess, who who do you think offers the most... um, in general to the team i think we saw the starting left back in this last game on lafc i agree i think i think melda amundsen is the guy that he, he was going to be the guy who came in if he had hadn't had the problems with his visa he would already be starting i really do feel that way um and that's taken nothing away from goody terrence he's he's really done well this year and risen above what i thought he could do um he's also got a, a great a great free kick which nobody knew about that either so I mean, Goody brings some things to this team, and we're going to see him in rotation quite a bit, too, because we're getting ready to play two games a week for the entire month of July and August. So he's going to play a lot, but I think Melda is the starting guy in my mind right now. Um, And I've been actually really impressed with Chris Gloucester when he's come on, too. I I think it's good that he's doing this loan, getting some game time experience, but when he's been on the pitch, he's done really well, too. So I think left back is stacked. It's it's crazy how good we are at left back. So Melda's the guy for me. Yeah, as far as Gloucester goes, it, I I was almost sad to see him go as much as I'd like seeing him get the opportunity because at the end of the day, he was really electric whenever he came on. Like, he, he gave a spark to the team when he got on that I've not seen from a sub maybe since, like, Jack Harrison when he would get subbed on um, early on in his uh, NYCFC career. Um, but he just offered so much, I felt, attacking-wise. He, he, we were playing him kind of on the right wing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, at certain points and he was electric so I was sad to see him go um, but I do I, I agree I think Maul is is the guy going forward and has to be the guy um, you know with and we need James Sands dropping between uh, the center backs too to allow Malt his freedom We're yeah I no, I agree I mean I think everybody that would listen to the show knows that we're Malt fans over here without a doubt um, I think defensively you almost can't compare Thor to him um, attacking wise, uh, he, I, I don't know. I think they're maybe pretty close attacking wise. I think really the only way that Thor has looked better is because we've seen more minutes from him. Um, there were a few times in the LAFC game, uh, was that the one where he almost hit the ripper? I think, or was that the game before where he, that was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took that volley. It's like, if that thing went in, it, it yeah. just, it would have been crazy. But, um, I think a little bit of what he has to work on, which, uh, 
really I think only comes with minutes is like a first touch. I think a lot of times, uh, some like Acevedo found him in a couple perfect spaces in that LA game, but he just wasn't able to, uh, you know, handle the ball coming to him in a good way to keep the attack going and, you know, possession overturned or something like that. But I think first touch really only comes with minutes played because I think that's one of more of those skills where um, it's just getting used to it. It's not really improving it at a certain point when you're already so professional. So, right. I, well, I think with Thor, you get more of a, more of a direct like he's gonna play the ball down the down the left wing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you saw Maltz like passing uh, graph that showed basically all of the passes he played, and it's like there's more creativity in what he's doing. Like he's thinking more than just okay, somebody's sprinting down the left wing. Let me hit him or mm-hmm. let me play this ball into the midfield and see what happens. Um, and plus he defends that all and I don't think Thor really cares about defending which you know some days is fine you know for playing Cincinnati <laughs> that's perfectly fine um, if we're playing LAFC that's just not gonna fly absolutely um, and so yeah I think vault all around is probably the best um, then the roach I think the roach is useful in a different way he kind of almost like Gloucester like you Ronnie has this way of just fitting anyone wherever he wants and it kind of tends to work out yeah well i thought it was kind of funny to put uh tony rocha on the list just because i don't know we we have a very we have a love for him personally just as a player because yeah the roach with the nickname we have for him um but you know there's probably not many situations if any where he's gonna start over malte or thor cincinnati if we play them again now we know (laughs) yeah cincinnati you can play i mean tony roach is that guy you want to have on on every team because he can play every position I mean, one day he's yeah, going to yeah. go for Sean Johnson. He's like, he's like the utility player that can fill yeah. in if you need a, a spot. I don't think he's going to see much of the pitch anymore now that we've got these these reinforcements. But uh, he's, you know, he's a guy. That, he's a good, good handy guy to have in the field because he does everything pretty well. I think we'll see him if uh, if Ronnie likes to go back to that all left back lineup that he's been teasing. <laughs> I think that's coming soon. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to to ask about so about reinforcements. So there's been all types of rumors as there always has been about this team you know maybe we'll get messy one day maybe uh now the rumors are people like sergio aguero or sorry well we were him begging, too right we were begging for him. yeah uh sergio ramos and before the other day when everybody found out that uh Giroud was re-signing with chelsea there was another rumor that people were trying to make out to be real um but one thing that I had a question about was on Twitter, um, we saw that you weren't too fond of Sergio Ramos, but you definitely uh, were all about Giroud. So what is the the difference between the two of those players? Yeah, part of that is, is I mean, I think it's both of them are aging stars. And both of them are outright stars in their own right. Um, part of it is personal for Sergio Ramos with me. I just don't, I don't really mm-hmm. like him as a player. Um, but I also yeah. think that it's in MLS, signing a defensive back to a DP contract is much more of a... Of a experiment than signing someone who's going to come in and actually actively create goals i mean Giroud is playing yeah. at chelsea winning the champions league this year like he's a guy that's contributing to a team at the highest level already right now uh, ramos was hurt for most of this year he's a defensive back Giroud's going to put balls in the back of the net and that's what nycfc needs you know they need that true number nine striker and that's what Giroud would give you and i just don't think we needed another sergio ramos i think he's a great player and he's done great things in his career. I, I just don't really, I just don't really think he's he's worth the money. And I think Giroud would be. I don't think that um, Ramos would require too much uh, contorting to make him come here. And I think Giroud might be worth it, but Ramos, I don't think it's. 
Yeah, I think one of the things we tweeted was that uh, I don't think anybody disagrees that he would come to an MLS team and, you know, be one of the best players on the team overnight. Um, but that if there was to be an issue with it, that financially there might just be way too many hoops to jump through to try to bring somebody like that to uh, to NYCFC. Well, if you think, how, how do you take one of our two center backs out right now? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, yes, it's Sergio Ramos, like, most teams would just move somebody mm-hmm. but i think both of our center backs are, are have been playing good enough to stay okay and i think sands is better than i think sands is the best center back on our team but that's just one of my hot takes that i like to have yeah, yeah. i agree I, those guys are playing lights out chano has been looked great this year and collins you know when he's playing he was hurt a little bit for a couple of games but he's been playing great too he, i've always been a fan of that that tandem there in the, the center and yeah. Well, and Ibiaga showing his worth as well, always being available. He's the best signing that we've ever made, I think, as far as like, like, like bang for your buck, uh, for what we pay, we pay for him, for what he has been able to do in backing up both those guys. Um, fantastic. Ibiaga's been great. Outside of his Moderita-esque tackle um, to allow those that free kick, that freak free against kick, Columbus, yeah. Which I still don't understand, but I have just learned to live with it. That was about as it. out of character as like I've ever seen from somebody like on a soccer field. Because he, I mean, I so that week we weren't gonna record an episode. I don't think. I think it just fell on like some time we were taking a break or we, you know, it, we weren't able it, to make it, it was, work. It wasn't gonna be a good <laughs> and, product. <laughs> so we were just sitting in Discord like you know at ten o'clock at night just talking about the game and uh, doing play by plays and replaying stuff in slow motion and we watched that Ibiaga thing like 10 times and we're like all right we're recording an episode right now (laughs) and we just we got everything set up and we did it because it was just so I don't know it was something so demanding to talk about it it just didn't seem like it was even him controlling himself there I mean he kind of just was a deer in headlights and just caught himself ball watching and then stuck his butt out took out took out the player and with help yeah it it reminded me of that uh city field moderita challenge where it's like against Toronto it just didn't need to happen you Mm -hmm. had help and you just wonder what if like what if that didn't happen yeah you know on the the flip side of that guys if 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 Zillarain doesn't get the ball over the wall in the back of the net there and and that wonder free kick that he makes we're not not even talking about Ibiagas foul at the end yeah that's the thing that's true you know although that that wall was uh no that the two different ones that was the one where he hit it over the wall Right, the right. first one was the one where he just... Yeah, I was going to say, the, I'm not sure that there's much that could have been done about that second goal, but definitely that that first wall is just one of the most unbelievable things that I I've, ever, I've ever seen a goalkeeper create, especially for where the ball was being taken from, just uh, the people that you have in the line, the people that you chose, and then their position within the line, putting Maxi, you know, on the end where the ball is going to come from. It was just... I, it was... My, it was like a master class in, in setting up the wrong wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really pretty. It's something un-Sean Johnson-esque is what that was. That was pretty, yeah, uh, yeah. pretty bad. And Maxi should never be in a wall, and he should never be oh. taking penalties. Like that's, that's the two <laughs> things. That, I love the guy. He's great. But those are two things that he should not be doing. Yes, I without a doubt agree. This one I wanted to I wanted to touch on like an episode or two ago, but I didn't just because, you know, we try to keep the time down. But I guess it doesn't really matter now. Um... One of the cool things, and I'm not sure if you saw the graphics going around on Twitter, was the difference between traveling um, in the United States versus uh, the UK and Europe as a whole, really. Uh, And I guess I always 
thought about you know how it must be hard and you always hear um i guess sometimes uk fans give americans flack for not traveling to away games and things but somebody you know actually uh created the graphic to show the difference between the two things and we'll probably flash them up on the screen here but you know if if somebody like us like we traveled to la was to do something like that in europe i mean you're talking like russia to spain type level of traveling right and that's a far cry from like you know city going to play united uh in the same town you know they probably take like a 10 minute bus drive right and i just thought it was so interesting to see those pictures and i just wanted to find some way to share them with uh everybody else and that i think that makes what we did last well last week uh even better because we did that after traveling and and having you know to change in in uh time zones and everything like it's i think it's it's a lot more taxing than people realize without a doubt yeah it's exhausting to, to to go and acclimate all the way across the country with three hour time difference and like still get a, pr a good product out at the end of it that's the, i think that's one of the hardest things for any european player coming over to mls or european coach too i mean patrick Vieira talked about it Romy talked about it too and i think ronnie's just learning because of last year we didn't travel because of COVID. we didn't make these big trips but Domi, I mean, um, Dyla was really, really um, impressed with what the team did. And I think he just got a taste of what traveling in this league is, is about. It's it's massive as far as like game ability and, and exhaustion. Like it, it just takes something out of you to, to make that big trip and to, to have to do that. And you're right. It's It would be like literally like Barcelona to, to Moscow or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is nuts. It's just, and yeah. I don't know. I just thought we would you know bring that up because those yeah. graphics are so like mind-blowing to me like i because I, I always did know about it and then of course there were some like you said you, you know europeans that came over and were vocal about it somebody like wayne rooney who used to complain about the uh the traveling when he was with dc he was extremely vocal about it and uh i'm not sure why it got so popular over the weekend but it was it was crazy talking point yeah um so yeah we'll probably i don't i'm not sure i think we touched on everything so far yeah um I just think to end it off on, on I guess, the best note possible mm -hmm. going into, um, you know, when we're off of this break, I'm, I'm just, it, that game is going to control so much in my mind. New England? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I know it's not, you know, it's not the, it's not the LAFC again, uh, but it's important to like set that tone again and um, keep, I guess, pull whatever bit of momentum we can back from, from uh, the LA game. And hopefully, you know, Tati can keep going and we won't need uh, Hey Bear to come back and like kill it because I don't think he will right mm -hmm. away at least, you know, with the injury and everything. So going into this week, I'm ex uh, well, when we're off break, I'm super, super excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. This next game, this New England game is going to be huge. I mean, just because they're number one in the conference, we're, you know, vying for number one in the conference. And I, I don't know why we're not getting respect for more of the, the pundits in MLS right now. Like, it's it's crazy. That Philadelphia yeah. is ranked higher than us in the power rankings. I'm just gonna say right now it's just insane because <laughs> oh, we no. beat them two We're zero. Go another thirty. It. Um, <laughs> it's just it just drives me crazy, but um, it, it is. This is gonna be a big, big um, sort of. It could be a season-defining sort of moment for the team. And I'm glad we're doing it home, and New England has to travel. It's Bruce Arena has a good coach, and he's gonna have those. Them, they're gonna be ready to go too. But we have new weapons, and I think these new weapons are gonna be. Um, really effective i mean really effective if what we saw that last 25 minutes in la means anything at all it's going to be a really 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 great summer of soccer for us 
and I, I will leave it on that, and I won't go on my tangent about how horrible uh, the analysts are for the MLS because there's uh, 30 minutes of an episode that will never be seen about it um, and the, how horrible the power rankings are. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, um, we appreciate we, it. We appreciate you coming out oh, every pleasure. time. Pleasure. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Soccer. yeah it's good to, good to hear from you guys. But yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on in the future again. Um, and just thanks to everybody that listens, that watches, everything like that. Um, look forward to another one we're, we're planning on having somebody else come on we don't know exactly who yet we got to send our our dms out and everything like that and see what we can do so you'll hear from us soon you'll hear yeah. from somebody else soon uh yeah and we'll get this intro done correctly the first time and not have to deal with 10 takes and it's uh, an outro it is an outro so i've already <laughs> messed up uh post 90 on all platforms uh, yeah follow us on twitter if you want us to uh to see us and interact with us while we live tweet games um we'll see you guys next week see you guys later yeah peace peace Thank you.